welcome again to the Rio Collective Podcast, the podcast where Sean and I talk, and some people listen. Uh, today on the show, we've got a special guest. We're going to be talking a little bit about kitchen reno- re- <clears throat> renovation and design, and uh, how it's going to benefit you, and some tips and tricks to get through it. So we have on the show today, Aviva Ben Shireen from Larisian Kitchens. Aviva, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah, and we have Sean here as well. And again, just to remind everybody, please like, subscribe, and share the channel on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Sean, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Uh, you know, it's uh, snow is melting. Another beautiful spring day. Things seem to be, uh, you know, the days are getting longer now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's all good. Life is life is full and uh, plentiful. So I'm uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to hear some of the. Uh, some of the insight that, that Aviva can add. Um, we did our, our, our what was essentially a new build. Actually, we did our whole house uh, with Lorizon. Um, so kitchen, the bathrooms, the built-ins, um, the mudroom, um, you know, the closets. So like the whole, like uh, every cabinet in our house is, is, is by Lorizon. And I think for me, one of the main mistakes that we made is we, we tried to hire a different company to do the design and the layout of the kitchen. Uh, and I didn't realize until we had already done that and spent the money on a kitchen designer that it's a service that Lorizon offers via Aviva uh, for complimentary. Um, so it was uh, a bit of a waste on our on our build. So it was a bit of an eye opener. And then recently we had um, something that that didn't really work. And what really got me about, uh, about the conversation that we had was, um, that, you know, there, there was a malfunction that we had in our mudroom, uh, with the coat hooks. And, uh, you said, Hey, this has never happened in 23 years. So, you know, although you're past your two year warranty, let's go and, and, and fix it. And I was like, Oh, wow. Like when we talk about, uh, especially these days, finding people who are giving and delivering exceptional client service and customer service that's what we're all about and then to see you know to see that response and to see the reaction it was really like oh okay this is you know this is a local company that that it, we we really want to help uh, promote so uh we're really grateful to have you you've been super helpful through the whole process and i'm sure it's been a, a for for a lot of people around ottawa who have done custom uh work in their home uh Probably everybody's found the same thing. So it's uh, for 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 us, it's sort of an uncovered treasure. But hoping to uh, to 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 you know to get your name out to to more people in and around the city. And uh, we've got a couple things to talk about. Um, so why don't before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Aviva, and how you how you found yourself working uh, in your field? And so I am a, a certified master kitchen and bath designer. Um, the certification comes from. A professional association called the NKVA, which is the National Kitchen and Bath Association. They're across all of North America. They provide training and certification, and it's based on education and, and, and knowledge. So there's, there's actually a written exam. There's a drawn exam. You have a, a deadline, a certain amount of time, and you have to actually come up with a design that meets all of the criteria in the test form that they give you. So they give you some sort of a a fictional clientele with uh, the fictional needs, and you have to come up with something that that's perfect to match what what this client wants. So you have that 
designation, then you know that the person who you're dealing with is somebody who has the knowledge and has the expertise to actually guide you through the process. There's a lot of information about building that's important for a designer to know. You have to know um, ventilation requirements. You have to know about plumbing requirements. You have to know about electrical requirements. You have to know how the kitchen integrates with the other rooms in the house. And it's not only kitchen, like you said, we, we also do closets. Anything that has cabinetry related design, we can do for you. And Lorizon is design build company. So you can't build the cabinets if you don't know what the design is. So we provide the design service as a courtesy to our clients, but that allows them to then order the cabinets and for us to build them. So it's, it's a hand-in-hand service through construction um, model for our business. Yeah, And we've been around for over 50 years. So it's a local business that's now into its third generation of family ownership, which is a lovely thing. And all of the Verizons care deeply about their product and they care deeply about the, the company. So it, it shows, it really does. I remember showing a house in Canada one time and it was built in the eighties and there on, there's the sticker on the, on the thing saying the Verizon kitchen. It's like, Oh wow. Like this is, it's, 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 it's cool. Sure. I, I didn't know about the NKBA. Uh, so it's nice to know that, uh, that there's something that, people can ask for if they're if they're looking at someone doing some some cabinetry design for them yes um, and many of our our designers are nkba certified good and, and all of them are highly qualified people who have the knowledge so yeah and and what struck me was not just the certification but also the the the, the level of client service right like that's that's the other piece like you can be like Dr. House, right? You can be the best of the best, but you can still not have great bedside manner. But it, it, seems, it seems like we've got over here, so that's great. So, so um, just referring back to the, the sort of points that we wanted to cover today, um, if you're thinking about a kitchen reno, what, what are the things that you're thinking about? Uh, so you're thinking about maybe like, who is it for? Why do, you, why do you want it? All that sort of stuff, right? So break down sort of the, the, the thought process that you go through when someone comes and says, hey, I want to redo my Well, a lot of people have different reasons for wanting to do their, their kitchens. And a renovation, um, in my opinion, is, is always better when you're doing it for yourself because you're putting a lot of money into it. And if you're going to go to all that time and effort and upheaval in your life of having no kitchen for a bit while it's being refurbished or redone, then you might as well enjoy it. Um, there are a lot of people who go ahead to fix something so that they could sell. And when you're trying to get that generic look and appeal to a massive group of people, um, you tend to do things that are a lot more cookie cutter and you're trying to get in and out and um, biggest bang for your buck. So that's a different approach than when you're saying to yourself, I'm gonna be in this house for, for 10 years and I want it to function well for me and I want to love it so that every time I come into my kitchen, it, it brings a smile to my face. That's a different renovation. So the two approaches are, are quite, quite different. And based on how much you're going to do, you have to also keep in mind that you get this back when you sell. Most kitchen renovations, as, as long as you don't go way beyond 
you know, gold taps in a in a <laughs> in a small home. Um, you have to you have to keep it within the market of the house. So, um, a real estate agent once told me that if you spend more than ten percent of the value of the house on your kitchen, that you've exceeded what you're going to get back. So, I think that was an interesting benchmark. Um, something for people to keep in mind. So, so no diamond encrusted faucets in a two hundred thousand dollar condo. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's that's an interesting rule of thumb. Um, you know, sort of setting yourself. Uh, okay, don't cross this threshold. I like that. I'd never heard that in the past. So, I'm. It's it's interesting to to hear about it that way. So, you're you're right. Is uh, short term is people who are sort of flipping houses or, or who are considering selling and 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 want to tidy it up before they sell. My thought on that point is don't do it like you clean your kitchen you know maybe at the most paint your cabinets um but if you're if you're selling your house you do it generic someone might i've had people go in and redo a two-year-old like like custom kitchen and like no this isn't what we want and it just i mean it's probably not great to say for your business but it just seems wasteful in the in the scheme of it is wasteful and there's things that we can do that that help keep it sustainable so for instance, when you're doing your reno, I would say um, either put it in the penny saver, your old kitchen, if it's in decent shape and it's just something that you don't like, um, put it in your local penny saver, sell it. Somebody will buy it for their cottage or give it to Habitat for Humanity. And Habitat will will reuse that in, in a new build for somebody who can't afford a kitchen. So you're keeping it out of the landfill and you're doing something really good. Yeah. Well, and you could also use Facebook Marketplace if, if Penny Saver is no longer uh, circulated. <laughs> I guess that dates me. <laughs> well, we, 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 all, we all know what you meant, so it's all good. Um, so that it, and and well, well, just to talk about mine, you know, ours is done. Our kitchen's done. We're planning on being there for 20 years. And we've got things like a specific place to put the dog water so that it's out of the way and doesn't get kicked over as people walk through. And like there's the ability to make everything specific to the way that we want it right i don't think any other house probably not many other houses would have a specific place for the dog dish to be tucked in under the island right it's not something that you would normally find so um uh, so then the other the other question is um you know this the second question was sort of why do you want it so who you know who is it for is it for yourself or is it for long term for yourself or, or short term for generic public the other question is you know why do you why do you want to upgrade your kitchen yeah so there's there's a couple of different things that push people to doing this one is the function doesn't work for their specific family situation so if for instance you have two retirees who have difficulty in bending and they can't reach their lower cabinets and their upper cabinets are high and out of reach um, they might need a renovation for accessibility reasons and when you're planning for someone elderly, you have to think about arthritis and handles are easier to grasp than knobs and rollouts make things much better as far as access is concerned. And you might want to um, suggest things like um, dish holders so that the dishes can go in a drawer instead of going on a shelf or a pegboard with dowels that hold the dishes, things of that sort. Now, if you're if you're talking about a family with young children and you want the kids to be able to grab a cup and get themselves some juice, um, you know, that means that you're planning for access for the children 
to various parts of the kitchen. You might want to drop counters so that the kids can help with the baking. You know, things that specifically apply to the family situation of the people living in the house. Like you said, with your dog, you know you have pets. You know you're going to have to have somewhere to put that messy dog food area. So plan around it, you know. And recently I had a client come in who who had a family member in a wheelchair and they wanted to be able to use the kitchen. So we planned a zone where they could access the counter and access the sink and be able to actually cook and reach the groceries. And the microwave went into a base cabinet. And that makes the entire kitchen area ever so much more useful for, for that particular family. So you, you talk about not just the aesthetics, but the function. And for that, having design assistance is really helpful because we can prevent you from making some, some serious mistakes on traffic flow through the room, on, on things that conflict when they open, on, on knowing what the actual clearance dimension requirements are for various aspects of how the room works. So these are all things that people often don't think about, and, and we can help with that. And, and why would they, right? Uh, when we were when we were planning out our house, we put our island in this place and we said, oh, well, I want more room for the seats. And then it was like, no, 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 you can't move the island that way because if you open the dishwasher and want to open the wine fridge at the same time, they won't work. So you need to maintain. And these are things that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a layman when it comes to these uh, and I've only been through it once. Whereas, you know, yeah, you've, you've been through this, you know, countless uh, uh, times. So, so, you know, knowing, uh, all of these and taking all of it into account. The other one was the um, the the ductwork over top, and you know how high we went with the with the uh, with the uppers, right? Well, we'd like to go this high. Well, you can't go this high because you've got that ductwork, and so we've got to reduce the height of those uppers in this section, uh, but still make it look so that it's continuous throughout. So it, there's 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 a lot to take into account, um, you know. And, and what are some of the frequent requests uh, that you see? Well, most people really want an island. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter if the room is small or the room is large. <laughs> they want an island. <laughs> and it doesn't always work. You have to really make sure that you have enough walking space around it. And sometimes an island can look really ridiculous if the space is too narrow. You don't really want something that's, you know, teeny tiny. Um, it's, it's just going to be strange. So you're better off sometimes to go with a peninsula in spite of um, your wishes. Most people really like functional corner access. Um, that is a highly popular demand. And one of the other things that often sparks a renovation for the cabinets is new appliances because the old appliances may be a different size and then the new ones don't fit. And then you have to modify the fridge upper or in order to get the fridge in, now we have to modify the two cabinets at the, at the wall and at the, at the base cabinet to make them narrower to make the fridge fit. I've had people say, well, we really want a dishwasher close to the sink and the dishwasher is over there. And so now we're putting in a new fridge and putting in a new dishwasher. And by the time we finish modifying all the cabinets that need to be modified, we've already done half the kitchen. We might as well do all of it. It's very difficult to match old cabinetry. So if you're trying to do a modification to make your appliances fit and you have a 20-year-old kitchen, 
and you're trying to fix three or four boxes, there's going to be color differences. The, the wood might have aged. Um, it's possible if you've gone with a colored thermofoil product, perhaps that color is no longer available. They do every now and then come up with new colors. And sometimes those colors are a flash in the pan. They, they are around for a year or two and then they're no longer available. So for instance, somebody who has a um, fake cherry wood in a thermofoil, um, they've changed that color. It no longer looks the way it used to look. So the, the, the thermofoil cherry from 10 years ago is not the thermofoil cherry from today, even if it's from the same company. So these are the kinds of things that can really get you into trouble. When you talk about aesthetics, you know, a quick way to, to fix up your kitchen, if the function is good, if the cabinet boxes are sturdy and you really like the layout and all you're doing is changing the fronts, then what you're doing is refacing. And that's not something Verizon does. We don't, we don't do refacing, but we work for, with a company called Ottawa Refacing and they buy our product. So they buy doors from us and they will do all the work of making the outside look good without changing the interiors. And sometimes that's, that's an option that people will go for to, to get a quick fix. The other thing that you can do that really sparks a, a modern look is change the hardware in your kitchen. If you have old tired handles that are that antique brass with little knobs on them and they're really, you know, 1980s, you can easily measure the distance from the center of the screws on the back of the door figure out the size of the existing handle, and then go shopping for a handle that's modern. And that will perk up the look of the room without spending a lot of money. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that you're, you're not selling nearly as much uh, cherry uh, cabinets as you might have. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, uh, the no. current trend is more towards something like uh, white oak, which has a, a lovely, soft, warm wood tone, or walnut. Walnut is quite popular as well right now. And that's, that's got that dark brown, bold look. Yeah. So, so uh, talk, talking about, before we wrap up the, the, the first section, what about budgeting? Like, how, how, does, how does that work in terms of, you know, some people say, oh, hey, I, I want to spend whatever, $50,000 or whatever the, the, the number is that they want to spend, what sort of like what portion of that goes towards the goes towards the cabinet, like the boxes and everything, and then versus the countertop that's going to sit on top of them or, or X, Y, Z? So solid surface countertops have really gone up in price in the last two years. And um, kitchen cabinets have also gone up in price. In, in the last few years as well. It, anything that has to do with, with wood and, and construction, really, the, it's, it's partly a function of the, the labor and it's, it's partly a function of the, the inflation on, on raw material. And unfortunately, we're all feeling that. So when you're planning, you have to keep in mind that the average kitchen is probably about 20 $5,000 in cabinetry cost. And the average countertop is around 10. And if you're planning for an electrician and flooring and a wall tile and paint, and maybe you have to repair your drywall in one or two spots if you've removed some bulkheads, 
you're probably looking at at least half again as much as you're spending on the cabinets and the countertop for those other trades. So a floor, you're doing hardwood in the kitchen, you know, that might lead you to the great room. And so now you're doing hardwood in the back half of the house and there's seven grand right there, you know? So, and I'm, I'm just giving you numbers that are, are very ballpark. Um, I've recently signed a kitchen that only cost $10,000 for the cabinets. So it is possible to do cabinets for less. It will depend on the size of the room, how high up they go to the ceiling, what door you select. It's like buying a sweater. If you say, okay, how much does a sweater cost? Well, is it a cashmere sweater that comes down to your knees? Or is it a short sleeve cotton sweater? You know, they, they're going to vary widely in price. So depending on what you choose, your finishes are going to determine the cost of the, of the kitchen. And if you choose more affordable finishes, you'll have a more affordable cabinet cost. If you choose expensive finishes, you're going to have an expensive cost. And it really depends on what you're willing to compromise on. Most people who come in, come in with a very fixed idea. They've seen photos, they've seen a magazine, they've seen something that they love. And that's what they're fixated on. And they're not willing to compromise on the finishes that they want. And so if somebody wants a white shaker painted kitchen, that's a fixed price. That's, that's not going to be something that's negotiable. If they're willing to say, well, I'm, I'm okay with a wood grain melamine that's a flat door, or I'm okay with a walnut shaker, those are going to be two different prices. And then based on the range of what you can afford, you then pick what works with your budget. Um, it usually doesn't work like that. It usually works like, I want the white shaker kitchen. And, and so, um, and if they can't afford it, they just don't do it. And, and then they're just saving and waiting until, until they can get there. I, I, yeah, I, I imagine that, um, I don't imagine I experienced that it can snowball really quickly when you're fixated on an, on an idea. Um, and, and it's like I say, it's not just kitchens. There's, there's the other things that, that happen as well. What, um, yeah, you've, you've, you've got to know your limit cause it, you know, it can, it can get ex exponential quickly. Um, surprises, right. So sometimes you think, Oh, I'm taking out this wall and, and, that's fine. It's not a structural wall. But then when you open it up, you discover that your main plumbing stack's in there. And now you have the unexpected cost of having to move your plumbing stack that wasn't part of your original budget. So it's always good to have a little bit of a um, padding to your budget in case of emergencies, in case something comes up. Um, maybe you're getting all new appliances and you're renovating your kitchen but you haven't really looked at your electrical panel and your panel will not allow you to have another four appliances in your kitchen you know that steam oven and 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 the extra uh, double oven and then <laughs> you know the built-in coffee machine and all these things require direct wiring and now you're above the panel limits and you've got to do a supplementary panel so there's another five grand that you haven't budgeted for these are things that are really important to figure out before you begin and make sure that you have that cushion so that you don't end up way into your rental and then finding out that you're running out of money. 
Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more in the second half about why it's important to use reputable trades to use that. Uh, We'll take a quick break. Thank you guys for filling the first half while I lose my voice very slowly. And that's why I'm not really talking today. But we're going to take a quick break here on the Real Collective Podcast. We'll hear from ourselves and we'll be right back. And a lot of you are asking now about particular mortgage terms and how they apply to the purchase or sale of your home. The first one we're gonna talk about is porting your mortgage. What that means, you take your current mortgage that you have, terms and conditions and all, and you bring it forward into your next home. So what? So if you have a really great low rate, it might make a lot of sense to do that. And the reason is you really might be able to carry a much lower rate than you can get right now. Now what? Pick up the phone, give us a call. We can connect you with some great mortgage brokers who can do this for you. Also watch out for some of the pitfalls, which might include the inability to take on more mortgage. You can only continue to use the terms and conditions that you previously signed up for. If you'd like more information about how this all applies to you when you're buying or selling, as always, give us a phone call, the number 1-888-REAL-585. And until then, keep it real, collective. Welcome back to the second half, everybody. Brendan McKeegan still here with my voice hanging on by a thread. Uh, please like, subscribe, and share the channel on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're on YouTube right now, thank you. Hit that little notification bell. That would be lovely. Uh, we have a great guest today. Uh, we have Aviva here from Horizon Kitchens. We're talking a little bit about uh, kitchen renovations, why they're important. And if you missed it, if you're tuning in now, that's a little bit weird. So go back to the beginning and play catch up. So uh let's let's get a little bit into it we talked a little bit about like getting specialty features and having uh you know things hardwired in why is it important to use reputable trades instead of some guy who's like my buddy knows a guy who's an electrician when you have someone who's a reputable trade by that i mean somebody who is licensed insured and has uh the knowledge and the expertise to actually get you through your project, you're less likely to run into something where um, you have uh, disputes where where in the end you're left high and dry. So very important that you get everything in writing. And when you work with someone who has a good rating with the Better Business Bureau or has, for instance, a contractor would have a rental mark or your cabinet supplier would have the National Kitchen and Bath Association um, membership. These are all things that give you some assurance that the people you're working with are professional, that they will provide you with a written quote that will give the scope of work. And that protects not only you, it also protects the contractor. There are clients who want a lot of extras and they want them without, without paying for them. Oh, just do this for me. No, it should be documented. It protects you, it protects them. And this way, everyone knows what's going to happen and how it's going to happen and what the cost will be. And if you don't put it in writing, things can get really out of hand very quickly. And then at the end of the day, you're faced with a bill and you're like, well, what is this? We never agreed to this. And you don't want to be in that situation. So it's really the best practice. We are... We're also BBB accredited as an A plus uh, service provider with the Real Collective. So a little plug there for us. On our own show. Good for us. It's definitely important if you're using uh, reputable sources, especially when you're doing a lot more uh, newer, newer available options. Like what are like green features? What are some of the green features that people are using now in their kitchens? So we work with water based 
finishes. And that means that we are below the federal requirements for VOC emissions. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, not, not to be poisoned in your own home by, by the finishes that are coming off of your cabinets. We don't landfill any of our wood waste. Our wood waste goes to a guy with a grinder who uses it for boiler fuel. We recycle all of our cardboard, all of our paper. Our standard white melamine board from Uniboard meets the carb two emissions requirement standard. And we capture heat from our compressors in the winter and we pump the heat into our plant instead of just dumping it outside. So that saves on energy. All of our lights in our factory are LED lights. So that also saves on electricity and we're local. So that means that carbon emissions are not um, being generated from transporting enormous distances. So all of these things together make Verizon a really good green choice for anyone who's looking for new cabinets. Remax, Remax just put out a, a study and uh, one of the top five things that people are looking for in the houses that they're buying is green features. So to know that that's there uh, is going to be something that is is really hitting on, uh, you know, potential buyers uh, radars. So it's it's good that you guys are sort of ahead of the curve with regards to that. So that's awesome. Especially with the prices of everything going up and up and up, the more you can do to save money on that, the happier people are going to be to have that in their home. Yeah, and, and we're a local manufacturer and a local employer. So that's positive as well. You're helping people within your own community when you buy from us. So shifting gears a little bit, what what if what if somebody just wants to do a bathroom, for example? Can you help can you help in that regards? Absolutely. We do bathroom design. Um, we we don't do the fixtures. So you would still need a contractor who would provide the tub and the toilet and, and do the plumbing work for you and do the tile work for you. But we could help you with the plan so that you know where the shower is going to be, where the toilet's going to be. Um, a lot of these things are also dependent on the features of the house and how much you want to spend. It's a lot more expensive to move the toilet across the joists than it would be to move it um, in, a, in a straight line in between the existing joists where the pipe already sits. So you have to kind of know how your flooring joists run when you're planning a bathroom renovation if you want to keep your costs low. Yeah. And, the- and that's very important for pot lights, even in a kitchen. Uh, I have some reputable electrician friends. And uh, if you're putting in pot lights, that cost can go up real quick if you need to reroute because of joists. If they're going this way and your wires need to go this way, it's not like you can just cut right through them. You've got to figure out... You got to figure out some some workarounds, so yeah. it's a, it does get costly. And then you end up with a dropped ceiling, and nobody likes low ceilings. Everybody wants them to be really high. Yeah. So sometimes it's better to do exterior fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's good. And, and I think the the thing that's uh, that's that I think a lot of people might skip over is that design element, right? And 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 thinking about these extra things before they come up, because a lot of the gonna go yeah surprised at how many people plan their bathrooms and leave no room for the towel rod none (laughs) it's like well you're getting out of the shower now there's no towel what are you gonna do and and again people get so hung up on the big picture that oh well i've got this space i can move this here i can move this here i can move this here well you can but it might 
you know, significantly increase the cost if you've got to work around joists or you, we've seen this in, in a lot of older houses when you go in the basement and here's the toilet up here, right? On, or here's, here's, here's the shower up here. Take, take two steps up to get into the shower, two steps up to get into the toilet. And uh, especially in the older houses, it was just like, oh, well, that's the only way that we can do this. So here we are. Um, and obviously, if you're doing a new bathroom, you don't want to take one step up to get onto your toilet section. Um, cool. What, what about other things like uh, either safety measures, mold prevention, non-slip, that sort of stuff uh, with regards to the, to the bathroom? Um, what sort of things are you doing that's, uh, that's a little bit different? So this is, this is something that, again, goes back to your contractor and what you're doing with the contractor that you're working with. We don't actually do ventilation, but ventilation is critical in a bathroom renovation. You definitely need to have a vent in your bathroom. It should be on whenever you're using the shower because the moisture rises and that moisture can over time create black mold and mold is a health hazard. It, it's something that, that can really impact the health of your family. So run the vent even when you don't feel like you really need it because the bathroom is big and the mirror is not getting clouded up. doesn't matter. If you're using the shower, run the vent. and then. When you're talking about, about bathrooms, most of the accidents that people have in the house are either kitchen-related or bathroom-related. And in the bathroom, it's typically slips and slides, people who slide and fall. So make sure that your flooring is a non-skid flooring. Make sure that you have good grip in the bathroom. If, if there's um, people whose balance is not good, either very young or very old, make sure that you have grab bars in the right place. And that requires, of course, support in the wall. Because if you just put a grab bar in the old place and you're just attaching it to the drywall, somebody's weight on that grab bar will pull it right out of the wall. So you need to have blocking in between the joists and then you have to make sure that that's properly anchored. And that's really important because a fall can, can lead to broken bones and hospitalization and, and all sorts of long-term health problems for the elderly and somebody young you could get concussions you know things like that so you really don't want anybody falling over in the bathroom i think with great planning i would even put blocks between the joists or between the wall for the toilet holder because i don't know about you guys but it's the first thing that goes especially in the kids bathroom that gets wiggly and then the toilet and then it's you're, you try and move it to a different spot on the wall and you put these you put the the, the hooks in behind and now you've got like this one and then you mo i moved it over and oh now i've got this one if there was a block there and i could have just screwed right into the block as opposed to trying to put like that would have really i feel like saved me saved me a lot um so if, I, actually if you're tearing down to the studs for a bathroom renovation that's a good idea to have put in while you're doing that uh especially that and the towel rod because towels get heavy you pull them out and that creates pressure on the bar itself when it's this way and you're pulling this way it's going to constantly pull so getting a, a nice support beam there means that your walls won't uh won't take the beating as much yeah absolutely and we see that all the time it's it's a yeah, constantly. And I'm sure you do too, Aviva. And so just, yeah, finishing it off here before we, before we uh, finish off, what, what are the things that people know if, if they're planning on building? We, we've talked a lot about sort of stuff that you're doing for yourself, but what about if you're actually starting from like the ground up and working like with a builder? What does that look like? Often people 
will come to us way too late in the process. And that's a really important point. I can't emphasize enough. If you're planning to build and you have preliminary architectural drawings, before you go to permit, come talk to us. Um, do your preliminary designs. First of all, it will give you a great idea of what your budget should be for your cabinetry because we can we can do the preliminary kitchen design based on your preliminary architectural before permit. And then if you find that the kitchen design as you walk through it requires a modification to, for instance, window placement, you can actually do that prior to permit and not have any kind of impact on your building process. When people come to us with a, a, an architectural drawing that's already approved and perhaps the house is already framed, now that window might be in a really bad place and, and now you're stuck with it. And it can have implications for where your appliances will fit, for how you use the room, for what the room looks like from the other side. These are things that if you plan ahead, you can actually make sure that it works the way you want it to work. And we can show you what it would look like in 3D, which is a really lovely thing that helps people visualize a lot, a lot better. And, and the other thing to know is if you've already done this with us and you have the preliminary, say a year from now, now you're doing the actual build, even if the prices have gone up slightly, you still know what you're getting into as far as budget is concerned. You can roll that right into your mortgage. You know in advance what you're getting. So that's helpful too. And then you also have an idea of how long the process takes. So now you're saving time because you've already done all the preliminary legwork on the design. Your order process for the cabinetry is shorter, much shorter, because the whole design consultation process can take two or three meetings, and that can take a few weeks. And if you're at the point where your house is framed, and now you're only sitting down to do that design, that means that everything's at a halt on site because your trades can't do the wiring. They can't do the plumbing because they don't know where their appliances are going. They don't know where the sink is going. And so if you had your design ready up front, it would be seamless, it would be smooth, and the building process would go much more easily. So yeah, it sounds like um, the conversation with you should be simultaneous to the conversation with the architect. Uh, who's right. And I, I, you're right, we made the same mistake as our conversation with you was, was too late in the process and it did slow everything down. In terms of timing um, to fulfill an order, uh, I know that's is always a question that people have, and I think it was worse maybe during COVID and might have gotten a little bit better. Uh, does that sound right? Yeah. Right now, when people place an order, it takes six to eight weeks to manufacture. And so if you were to put in an order today, you'd get it mid-May, which is really good. So that's to that's to And then install happens within a week or two after the production is ready. Is that the idea? No, the the installation is the day after delivery. It's it's really quick and depends on on what it is. A house like yours, where it was a kitchen and multiple bathrooms and multiple closets and the mudroom and the laundry room, a house like that can take a week to install. But if it's a, a simple vanity, it, it's half a day. If it, if it's a, a simple kitchen, it could be a day or two at most. So it it's pretty fast. Um, what people don't keep in mind is that the solid surface countertops are templated from the installed cabinets. 
which means you're not getting your counter when you get your cabinets. If you order a laminate top, it would come in at the same time as the cabinets. It's all installed the same day. But if you're ordering any kind of stone or quartz, that gets templated after the cabinets are installed. And then the cabinets are sitting there with no counters while you're waiting for the fabrication of your solid surface tops. And that can sometimes take two weeks. So you have to plan for that interim period when you have no countertops. Yeah, or you have a piece of melamine wood and you put it over top as a substitute. It'll do the trick. Like, they do that with new builds sometimes. I can tell you that's what they do. So yeah, uh, that's a good point. A good place to wrap it up. Please visit uh, Aviva at, uh, at Lorizon Kitchens. If you are thinking about doing a kitchen renovation, make sure you stop in there. Uh, give them a call. They can help you start to bottom. And if you're doing a bathroom at the same time or even a different time, make sure you call them. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. I'm Brennan McKeegan. And again, I'm just going to remind everybody to like, subscribe, and share the channel. Download us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you wanted to hear more about rolling it into your mortgage, which was mentioned, that's in a previous episode where, where we talk about purchase plus improvements. So uh, that's in a different podcast. Find it there. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. So until then, keep it real. Collective.